for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to former San Francisco 49er and former Buffalo Bill Dante Whitner about the 49ers game Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. It's been an interesting week for the 49ers heading out to Arizona after a win against the Los Angeles Rams last weekend, except they're not playing against Arizona. They're just calling Arizona home for the foreseeable future. The Buffalo Bills take the trip out west to take on the 49ers in an unfamiliar matchup against a team that went to the postseason last year in the AFC and is looking to win the AFC East this year for the first time since 1989. All stuff we can discuss with Dante Whitner, who joins me next. It's Monday, December 7th. One of my favorite guys to talk 49er football with, Dante Whitner, joins me. Dante, how are you, man? I figure they're playing Buffalo. You're a guy who played in Buffalo. Why not get your take on a little bit of the culture up there, man, and what's going on with them? How are you today? I'm doing great, Adam. I'm doing great, yes. I was drafted number eight overall to the Buffalo Bills, and the culture has changed dramatically since I left. You know, McDermott has this team, you know, believing that they can win. I don't know too many games in my career where I actually – stepped on the field as a Buffalo Bill and felt like we were going to win the game. And you and I have talked about that, about how uh, sometimes it's about having a culture that starts at the top, and it definitely comes from the head coach. They're definitely playing good football, but I think a lot of that has to do with having a quarterback that they can rally behind, too. And I, I think this is where I want to jump off with you, being that you were a defensive player. How do you view a guy like a Josh Allen, who's one of the great passers right now in the game? He's their second-leading rusher. He leads them in rushing with six touchdowns. What's he going to do to the 49ers that's going to make him difficult to stop? Well, he's definitely a tough beat, especially when he gets to moving around in the pocket. And not pretty much just to run the ball, but to move around to create time to exploit deep zone coverages. Because naturally, when you play a lot of zone, it doesn't turn into man coverage. So when he's running around in the pocket and stepping up to throw it deep, you know, this guy's running wide open and he has the arm strength to be able to get it there. And then he has the RPO game to where they have a good enough running game to where Linebackers have to respect their running game. He pulls the ball out of the running back's stomach, throws it, guys are running wide open. And then another part of his game is the quarterback runs that are drawn up. You know, third and short, third and one, third and two, that's where he goes into his Cam Newton rendition. So he's a tough quarterback, and he's definitely top ten right now. The defensive line played really well, I thought, last week against the Rams. They made it really difficult on Jared Goff. Jimmy Ward also had a fantastic game in the secondary. But for a guy like Josh Allen, they've been blitzing a lot. They've blitzed more than Robert Sala's ever had to blitz to try to make up for that pressure that they haven't had on the outside with Nick Bosa and D. Ford. Are they going to be able to be successful, you think, against a guy like that? Or because of the RPO, is going to make it more difficult to try to hide those blitzes and deceive the quarterback? Well, I think they'll be okay. You know, remember, they play an offense like this pretty much all year long in Kyle Shanahan's offense, where it's predicated on outside runs, zone runs, toss, RPOs, and play action. So I think they'll be good when it comes to that. It's just about being disciplined when you're a man-to-man coverage and he somehow gets outside the pocket. You have to fight extra hard to stay with those guys in the secondary. When you're in a zone coverage, at some point during the play, Zone turns into man, especially when you're playing a guy like Josh Allen. So if they can get those two things down and not give up the big play, run the football on offense, they can win this football game. 
Now, the Bills have played – like the, last year it seemed like their defense was tough, and, and I think maybe the numbers are doing them a little disservice this year, but they have had games where they've given up a bunch of points. I think about that Seattle game where they gave up 34. They're, you know, one Hale Murray away from being a 9-2 and two team. They're 8-3 and three right now, but they're susceptible to being scored on. What do you make of their defense, and do you think that they'll be susceptible to, to giving up points to Kyle Shanahan's offense? I think any defense is susceptible to giving up points against Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's such a – Offense is predicated on the run and misdirection and deception. That if you're just one guy on the defense and you take your eye off your work, then you're going to have a guy that's running wide open. And that's why it's hard to defend this offense. Buffalo's defense is aggressive. They have safeties back there that will run and tackle and hit. They have uh, the corner, uh, 27, that's out of LSU, one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. But at the same time, sometimes they can get out disciplined. They're giving up five yards to carry on the ground. That's going to be a field day for Mostert. If they can get that running game going with Mostert, hit some of those gaps because they're a little smaller up front. They don't really disengage well, get off the tackles, and get off and make tackles. The Fortinators can definitely pull this one out. Raheem Mostert last week, I mean, seeing him back on the field, Debo Samuel, and I want to get to Debo in a minute, but like the Niners, and I know Kyle Shanahan said this in his media session last week or, or the other day, but just having that week off and, and playing just now their third game in the last 22 days, they looked fresh last week, man. I thought they looked like almost a different team than the previous couple of weeks. Absolutely, they looked fresh. The defense, they were flying around, hitting people. They looked fast and aggressive. They looked like they knew what was coming before the L.A. Rams actually ran the play, and that's what it's going to take this week. It's going to take intentional effort. It's going to take intentional swiping at the football like Jimmy Ward was doing, creating turnovers to give Nick Mullins and the offense a short field. And I think that the move to Arizona, we just want to lock this team in even more. So look forward to a 49ers team taking the field, refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready to go get a win. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. That is one element that I guess we haven't sort of put the spin on is everybody talks about, you know, how difficult it's going to be to be locked down there. And I certainly think that that's going to take its mental toll. But at some point you say, well, it's all about the football game. You just got to turn around and, and focus on the task at hand. You know, I'm with you. I think this is an opportunity for them to go on a little bit of a run here. In talking about Debo Samuel returning last week, when he's healthy and when he, I know he plays physical, but when he's on the field, without George Kittle out there, is he the most dangerous weapon you think for the 49ers? I would say Mostert is the most dangerous weapon, first and foremost. And then secondly, I would say it's between him and Brandon Ayuk, but in different ways. He wants to just run through your face mask. Ayuk wants to finesse you and get down the football field. But I saw a stat the other day that said that Devo Samuel averaging 12 yards after the catch. That's unheard of for a wide receiver. <laughs> the next four guys in that top five are all running backs. I think it's time that we stop calling him a wide receiver we start calling him a running back that aligns that wide I think that's fair, and I was going to ask you, man. Look, man, you play defensive back. You've seen these big running backs coming at you. How do you stop a guy like that? Because they give him the ball with, at the line. That's the thing is they give him the ball at the offensive line a lot, which is why I think sometimes that average gets a little skewed because they do those little drop passes to him where he end arounds and he just kind of comes up the right side of the sideline or, or you've got to make a stop on him as a DB. This guy's coming at you. What does a DB have to do to stop this guy? He's coming with velocity, and he's coming with a meanness and a mean streak that a lot of guys don't want to consistently deal with. So with him, you know, if it was me, you know, I would just, you know, take a shot at him. <laughs> not illegally, not dirty, but at some point in the game, I want to meet with that type of guy from the offensive side of the ball. But these guys, knowing the way that they tackle these days, you know, a little bit of powder puff football going on, 
their best bet is to go at his ankles and wrap and hold on tight. He's almost that too fast for a linebacker and too strong for a defensive back, and that's why he's so dangerous. You're right. He's like a running back, but he's, he's tall out there. You give him the ball, and, and he can move with it. And you mentioned Brandon Ayuk, the speed that he gives you, and they can give him the end around, too. He's dangerous. On Nick Mullins, real quick, on last week, he kind of caught some heat on social media, and that's what social media will do when your team's not winning. But he came up with some big throws, four or five on his final drive. What did you make of his performance? I thought he was serviceable last week. I thought that he was serviceable. I thought he made the throws that he was supposed to make. I thought that he showed that he had ice water in his veins in the fourth quarter, going four out of five. And you have to remember, he was going up against the number one defense in the National Football League. The interception that he threw wasn't on him. And then actually going back and reviewing the film, the coaching staff can actually draw some better route concepts to help him. Teams are starting to play a lot of quarters against this football team where they're sitting their safeties over the top and taking away the vertical routes and the inside routes. So when they shift the coverage that way, the 49ers have to make an adjustment and go to the backside guy that's one-on-one. There's multiple times in that game where they have route concepts drawn up that is not going to beat these defenses. I think the coaching staff needs to work with him on that. If they can figure that out, they can win this game. Yeah, I think so, too. And the more weapons that come back, he's going to have a stable of receivers this week. He's going to have a stable of running backs. He's going to have talent around him. And the hope is that, that he can make the plays. You know, just don't hurt the team. Don't turn the ball over. Give your team a chance to win. One more for you here on the way out, Dante. And it's that uh, you made a statement a couple of weeks ago that the 49ers schedule ahead is not a crazy difficult schedule. They're winnable games. You get a couple more division games. This Bills won your last AFC matchup. Then you get Washington, Dallas, Arizona, and Seattle. How confident are you in the Niners' ability to, to put together a good run of, of wins here and try to finish out the season into the playoffs? I'm very confident in being able to make a playoff run. First and foremost, you have the game this week against the Buffalo Bills, who defense isn't playing that well. They could actually get after Josh Allen and make him make some mistakes. Then you have two of the worst football teams in the National Football League in Washington and Dallas. You have an Arizona team who's leaking right now. And then you have Seattle. And doesn't it always end that way? 49ers versus Seattle for something big on the last game of the season. I think that'll be a brilliant way for the season to end off. With this 49ers team, I notice they'll be more focused than ever, you know, going to Arizona, having to play their games there, injuries all year long, having their back against the wall. Every athlete and every football team would love that story of, hey, we did something great. We went through the trials and tribulations. But we stayed with it. We stuck with it. Snuck into the playoffs and made something special happen. That can possibly happen if they take the field with the right mindset and it starts with the Buffalo Bills. That's a great call, man. I love the confidence in it. I love talking football with you, Dante. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll catch up with you down the road, man. All right, Adam. Thanks for having me. The confidence of Dante Whitner, man. He's always making good and bold predictions. He's not afraid to make a prediction. And he says these are winnable games at the end of the season. You look at the schedule, and it's not that outlandish of a thought to think if the 49ers are to win four of their last five or even get close to the end where they've got an opportunity to get in that you get maybe Jimmy Garoppolo back, maybe you get George Kittle back, and then your offense is looking pretty good. Thank you to Dante Whitner. Thank you to Brian, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. Should be a fun one tonight. 49ers and the Buffalo Bills Monday Night Football. Later this week, we're going to dive into a little Warrior basketball as the preseason gets going this weekend. And then, of course, we're just about two weeks away from the start of the NBA season. So a little dive into Warrior basketball later this week. We'll talk to you guys later.